Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The Buffalo Bills are the healthier team in Saturday's clash with the Patriots. When is the right time? For the Patriots to draft Mac Jones' replacement. Three big stats that don't look good for the Patriots when they face the Bills. And the Steelers designated wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to return from the R.I. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray, and believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray. That means I'll be the one, this guy right here, talking football with you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday, January the 13th. We are one day away from Friday. We're almost there, people. And this week can finally end, and then we're going to have some playoff football on Saturday. How does that sound? Hope you all are doing well today. Hey, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're brand new. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Always a good time over there. You can download the audio podcast, all that good stuff. Just do it. You'll enjoy it. Have fun. Let's talk about it. The Bills are the healthier team heading into Saturday's clash versus the Patriots. Let's look at a couple of tweets here. This one came out that said all 53 members of the Bills' active roster and all 16 members of their practice squad were participating in Thursday's practice, their last one of the week. The Bills are likely to be at full health heading into the playoff game with the Patriots. And then I saw this tweet that came out yesterday that said the Patriots injury report, Jamie Collins added to the injury report as did not practice with an ankle injury. Offensive tackle, Isaiah Wynn didn't practice with a hip and ankle injuries. Kyle Duggar and Dante Hightower, Christian Barmore among the listed as limited on the injury report. Now heading into this point of the season, when you're getting into playoff time, you're always going to have players who are dealing with injuries. You're going to have players who are banged up. And even though the Buffalo Bills had full participation at their practice, and even though they're looking healthier. Let's not forget, they're also doing that without Tredavious White. Pretty significant loss. However, he hasn't been there for two games versus the Patriots. The win, bowl, and the game return game at Gillette Stadium and didn't really make a difference in the Patriots passing game. I, In fact, I don't think that Tredavious White's absence has made a difference at all for the Buffalo Bills. Maybe if they got a face a team like the Kansas City Chiefs in the postseason. That may be when you might see it. But just because everybody practiced doesn't mean that the Bills are definitely healthier. On paper, they are. They're not missing one of their, you know, bigger defensive players, anything of that nature. But I think that when you think of the New England Patriots, a team that I think a lot of people are maybe looking at as the underdog, should be looked at as the underdog. I think that Seeing these kind of injury reports, of course, are going to make people nervous. We already know that the Patriots will be without Jalen Mills. And I think that 
Kyle Duggar being questionable for the game is is concerning because it kind of just weakens that Patriots secondary. We'll have to see, though. Let's see what happens come game day. Obviously, both teams, short in practice, short in week. Playoff football. Tell you right now, if you can't play hurt during playoff football, you can't play at all. Tom Brady won the Super Bowl last year. What do you have, like a torn MCL half the season? So, I mean, if you're a Patriots fan, it's concerning, but it ain't that concerning. Now, this one's just for fun. But when is it the right time for the Patriots to draft Mac Jones' replacement? Now, if you're asking me, Ray, where is this coming from? Why is this craziness being talked about? It came from this tweet I saw today. The first one came from Mina Kimes, who said, what's your goofiest sports take that you actually kind of believe? Mine is, the Bills want to truly get the most of Josh Allen. They got to build a dome. Well, everybody's uh, favorite Boston reporter I think he's senior reporter for the Boston Globe. Ben Valen wrote, Patriots should draft a rookie quarterback every five years instead of paying one a second contract. And that idea is so goofy that I kind of like it. And I mean, Ben Valen, we don't see eye to eye a lot. Frankly, I'm surprised that he's not one of the guys that I block on or that he that he's one of the guys that hasn't blocked me on Twitter. However, I'm happy that he hasn't because I liked that tweet. I'm all with that with Ben. Yeah, it's wacky. Yeah, it's crazy. But you know who'd be wacky enough to do something like that? Bill Belichick. Mac Jones is good. He's not going to be Tom Brady. Nobody's going to be Tom Brady. So we got to get that out of our mind. So just relax. If you're one of those people that think, oh, he's going to be like Brady. He's not going to be like Brady. It's going to be Mac Jones. But when I think about what NFL general manager would be crazy enough to be like, you know what? We're never going to pay our quarterback big quarterback money. I'm just going to draft a new quarterback every four or five years and just replace it with another rookie. Always playing on that rookie deal. If they're good, we exercise the fifth year option. If we don't, we start a rookie quarterback. Because for me, I would draft it, the quarterback in the fourth year. Let them sit for two years or let them sit for one year, depending if you're going to exercise the fifth year or not. And then the next year, the rookie plays, and you just keep going through this cycle. That means you could load up on the wide receiver position, the tight ends, the defensive positions. Now, unfortunately, Bill Belichick's kind of old. I don't think he's got that much time left in the NFL. And because of that, eh, it probably wouldn't be him doing it. But I'm just saying, don't dismiss the idea. Have a little bit of fun. Football doesn't need to be serious. We can think about these wacky things. It's like the wacky idea that Josh Allen can't play in bad weather. They used to say that about Peyton Manning. Guy went to Denver, won a Super Bowl. Weather ain't great in Denver. You got the altitude, helps a little bit with that ball sailing. Especially by the time you're like end of Manning's career when his like neck was about to fall off and shoulder was weak and he could get a little bit more air under that ball. But I like the idea. Let me know in the comments what you think. Like, just just absorb it a little bit. Think about it. How crazy of an idea would it be? And wouldn't the Patriots be that team to be crazy enough to pull something like that off? Now, these three big stats don't look good for the Patriots when they face the Bills on Super Wild Card Sunday. I love that it's called Super Wild Card Sunday. And, like, that all the broadcasters out there have to call it Super Wild Card Sunday. Or Super Wild Card Weekend, I guess I should say. The Patriots play Saturday. I don't know. It's just, it's funny to me. 
But uh, my boys over at uh, Buffalo Fanatics put this out again. We meet again. Here's some game insights. Bill Belichick is three and seven as a head coach in the postseason versus teams that he beat that seat or with teams that beat him that season. In fact, they've lost five straight. Home playoff wins. The Bills are two and zero in home playoff games under head coach Sean McDermott. Zero and three on the road. And they got welcome to the postseason. Rookie quarterbacks are two and eight as starting quarterbacks in the postseason since 2010. And both rookie wins were against other rookie starting quarterbacks. Now, how much do those kind of stats actually affect the outcome of the games that are going to happen this weekend? From a literal standpoint, not at all. It, stats mean nothing. The best team on paper doesn't always win. Home field advantage isn't always home field advantage. That's the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC Championship game. New England Patriots shut out in the first half. And they lost in overtime. Where was home field advantage at Arrowhead? wasn't there. But those stats are kind of scary. However, I'm going to throw out what I like about this game. And there's no stat behind it. Because I don't think Bill Belichick's ever played a trilogy. I guess, yeah, New York Jets lost them twice. For me, though, I sit there and think, man, like Bill Belichick being able to watch a team three times, three sets of two sets of films. You want to kind of lay that advantage, but I'm thinking about the New York Jets now. I it, it's That's kind of escaped my mind in this argument. Twice they had a trilogy, right? Twice knocked out of the playoffs or once. Maybe Baltimore knocked out the Patriots the year, the year after, the year before. At least once, though. I definitely know they lost to the Jets once in the playoffs, so there was the trilogy there. Not good stats, though, if you're a Patriots fan. Should we freak out about it? No. No. No, 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 no. Again, stats don't determine anything. Should we think about it? Yeah. Am I going to discuss it? Absolutely. It's what I get paid to do. Interesting, interesting, interesting little tidbit, though. And uh, Juju Smith-Schuster being designated from the IR, IR, not the RI. Fun little story. My full-time job, we have a position called RI. That's why I have it there. i got to change that graphic at some point. But this week came out today in my sports update. So the Steelers are designated wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster to return from injured reserve. Juju suffered a season-ending shoulder injury in October, but it appears to be way ahead of his recovery. No guarantee he'll play Sunday night, but he's practicing. How much of an impact is that going to be? Also, I've been thinking about it a little bit more today. And when I first saw it, I was like, wow, maybe they're going to have Juju. But then I thought about what Ben Roethlisberger said yesterday. Remember when he was was at his press conference? Remember when Big Ben stood there and said, yeah, you know, we're going to lose. Kansas City Chiefs are the first seed. We're no good. We suck. little tongue-in-cheek. Andy Reid responded with something very similar. A part of me thought, maybe this whole Juju thing is just a head game from Mike Tomlin. Because if he's practicing, you now got to start taking him into consideration. Right? Maybe they're like, hey, Juju, we know your shoulder's still messed up, but can you run? Just be there in front of the media. 
let you practice. We'll activate you on Friday. Make you questionable for the game. And then we'll downgrade you to out on Sunday. I think it'd be the ultimate head game. Because you got to plan for him. You can't just not plan for Juju Smith-Schuster. And if my conspiracy theory is correct, good on Mike Tomlin. It's a beautiful head game. And if he can play, ah, there's no way he's going to make an impact, right? It's been a way too long. But it's the playoffs. Kind of go to different levels in the playoffs. And let's face it, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers... They shouldn't be there. They know they shouldn't be there. They're playing with house money. So why not play with Juju Smith-Schuster? What's up, kids? Y'all ready to have a little bit of fun? Two hours of unadulterated, rated R, football talking shenanigans. Here on the Talking Football with Ray podcast, my mic, my boy, my mic. My mic. This is my mic. But my boy, Mike N, he's uh, he's in the waiting room. No other Patreon showed up. It's going to be Mike again. It's all right, though. It's okay. So we're going to go hear from my uh, sponsors over at Ultra Game. And when we return, man, we'll bring Mike N in and we'll talk a little football, have a little shenanigans. Hey, Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash DPN Sports. You can also go out to my Patreon page, get uh, access on here tomorrow, Friday night. Patreon hangout, two hours, the boys in town talking. Love some girls to come on too. Just talking some football. But right now, I want to bring on my boy, my man, Mr. Mike N. Mikey, what's going on, man? What's going on, everybody? Oh, they can't respond to you. Yeah, yeah. Well, the YouTube chat kind of can. They'll trickle in. They can. They can. So I w- we'll get into those subjects in a little bit. How are you? I'm doing better today, man. Every day, a little bit better on the So menu. last night at the end of the show, you got all uh, cheesed out because your fever came back. Yeah. Is it gone today? I... I'll tell you after this, because it seems like when I do anything for like an extended period of time, my body is like, by the way, I still hate you right now. So now, but you say do things, do you mean like come sit on a, like sit in a chair and talk into a microphone? I mean like anything for an extended period of time. Like I was working today sitting at my computer because laptop and like after two hours, my body was just like, yeah, you still need to go rest. So something's still still going on in there. So you're telling me that being here is work for you? No. No, not actually. It can't be. No. It can't be work. No, I'm Italian. We talk for a living. Come on now. 
Yeah, we, yeah, but you know, no one can see that. You got to talk with your hands. You got to talk with your hands. I'm wearing all my German shit today. <laughs> I'm tired, man. It was a hell of a day. Hell of a day today. Just tired, tired. And and I'll tell you the truth, man. This is one of those shows that I'm like, all right, only one hour and forty five minutes left to go. I'm so happy. The last like after the show Tuesday night, I was on the Rico Report. Last night, I was on the AC's Roundtable. Oh, that's right. My, you were up late last night, huh? Doing this. My well, I'm out, like, I'm record, like, I'm going live on different channels to like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And then I got to start writing my blog for Dean Blundell. I got to start, you know, uh, doing the news break stuff and do editing videos, downloading things. And I realized so Dean Blundell hooked me up with this company that their AI technology will automatically chop up my, my podcast. Yep. So that I can get the Twitter stuff. I can like friggin' I can uh, get the news break stuff all broken up only to find out that you can only put up a maximum of 2.5 megabytes or gigabytes upload gigabytes upload. Which one's stronger megabytes or gigabytes? Uh, upload is probably going to be uh, megabytes. Uploading gigs would take a while. All right, so it's like a maximum of like two point five megabytes or something like that, right? Oh, okay. If it, if it's two point five, it's it's, it's probably gigs. gigs. Yeah. Okay, like, so you get a maximum file size of two point five megabyte or gigabytes. Yep. Last night's show was two point eight. So then, I'm trying to find a friggin' video compressor. You know what I mean? I don't know how to do that. Yep. It's uh. So, anyways, I ended up at getting up at six o'clock this morning, just editing videos by myself, the old-fashioned way, because I couldn't figure out how to shrink the video. So, I got so, this company. Blundell is paying for it, and nothing I can do. Nice. He's but I can't dude. use it. You I can't, can't use, use it because I can't. I can't shrink the video. The the the, the, the oh, file size oh, is too oh. large. Um. You'll do I it. Have a, I have a I have a friend that does video stuff. I'll ask him for you. Just remember um, that I got my computers like a thousand years old and I can't like download an app. So if that's the case, I wonder if you could send <laughs> me the file. Okay, now I'm thinking about work stuff, Ray. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. I'll show you where you can get the video because you can get it right off StreamYard and you have my login codes. So Yeah, because if I can get it, obviously, I can download it directly myself. And if I can compress it for you, we, we can make it work. You might as well just upload it right to the DMNT too. Yeah. And then I'll it. and then now I'll he's take putting it. me to work, boys. No, Real then I'll work. log in, then I'll log in from the other side and just pull the videos That's I it. need out of it. Yeah, we can do that. We'll talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll make it work. We'll make it I got work. opportunities coming up, and I think I can start paying you a little bit of a uh, little bit of dollars on the side. Make a little bit of side hustle here for you. Nice. Bondell's nice. taking care of me. I got a big meeting Monday. Something about Spotify, something about money. I don't know. I just I heard money, I heard ad, ra, ad revenue and money, and I was like, "Sure, let's meet." Pa- let's, pass it, pass, pass it along to him that you got you got me watching him all the time now too. So, yeah, he's got COVID though. I don't think he's really interested in talking to me right now. Oh yeah, probably not. Probably no. not. He he wants to be in bed probably, but he's probably taking a crap load of drugs to stay afloat for his his stuff. I imagine. I only got to watch the end of his show today because it was just one of those days at work. But uh, yeah, no, the blend down networks they they take care of me there. What can I say? You know what? They promised me that they would give me uh, opportunities, and the opportunities are rolling now. I know that they asked for all my analytics the other day so that they can uh, talk to some sponsors. So it's going well. It's going well. Nice. Do you uh, want to say hi to the chat? You want to pop some chat people here? We yeah, say let's, hello. Let's say hello to everybody. 
Let's pop up a couple chats here. Let's see. Edward says he's here. What's up, Edward? How are you? Thank you so much. Every day, Edward is here. Never misses a show. Thank you no. for coming in here talking football with Ray. Cameron, go Pets. Cameron, what's going on, man? Welcome. Yeah, boy. My boy, Hannah. What's up? What's up? Love a man. Love that man. Articular Pack 6. What's going on, buddy? Nice to see you. Another OG. Edward says, yeah, go Mike. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he sees. I hope you're getting better. Or maybe he's training you for money. Okay, what does Thomas say here? Should we be doing an Edelman watch uh, when he shows up in Tampa tomorrow? (laughs) Like, to play? I don't I don't think so. Actually, I don't think he can play now because didn't he make that hundred thousand dollar bet that the Patriots and the Buccaneers would meet in the Super Bowl? I don't yeah, know he did. That. He's been bragging about it on social media too. So yeah, he has and he says he put money on it and he made that bet. So Julian Edelman, for those of you who didn't see it, made a hundred thousand dollar bet. A hundred thousand dollar bet that the Patriots and the Buccaneers would meet in the Super Bowl. It pays like five million dollars or something of that nature. So because of that, there shouldn't be a watch because he couldn't play because then you're going to start talking about match fixing and all this other stuff. So, right. no, I wouldn't uh, – I, I don't think we should be on an Edelman watch right now. I honestly believe, too, like everybody keeps thinking he's coming back. Like, guys, he blew his knee out. Like, I think he's done. I really do. Well, everybody everybody thought that Gronk was done, too, and – no, no. I thought he was a crybaby. Come on. Come on. <laughs> that was your... Yeah, the, the whole year. I don't know, guys. Am I coming back? I think I'm coming back. Oh, no, I'm not coming back, but I might be coming. Like, that whole thing was so set up for him to come out of retirement in, in a year or two. Like, I thought it was all set up for him to launch his party in Florida. Yeah. Remember that pre-COVID when they used to have to have... We could have big parties everywhere? Oh my God! Remember, without the masks, without masks, without vaccines, without everything, like we just lived, like we lived free. Like you could just come down to Boston on a flight for a weekend and like do something if you wanted to. Yeah, but your country doesn't want me. No, no. I heard we're actually building a wall between Canada and the United States now. Are you making us pay for it? Uh, we're trying. <laughs> All right, next. No Edelman watch. No Edelman watch. Thank you for your comment, Thomas. All right, delusional Del- Patriots fan. I'm like number ten, Mac Jones. Where's number ten? Patriots beat Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, man. It's gonna be a tough game. It's gonna oh. be a tough game on Saturday. Um, but it's funny though. Buffalo Bills fans, as confident as they try to sound, don't sound confident. I think it's because I can't remember if I said it to Mario or Rico. I was like. Like, Bills fans are preconditioned to be disappointed. Like, they've been disappointed so much in their life that they just, like, they know something bad is going to happen. Which, by the way, guys, I'm going to be on the Dean Blundell show on Monday to break down Super Wild Card Weekend. I guess not the Monday game, but I'll be breaking down all the other games. I hope that I can just go on there and talk about a Patriots win because it would make I would feel because he stood me up this Monday on my show. I'd love to just go on there, stand him up for ten minutes, show up, laugh at him, and leave. <laughs> that would be pretty epic. I wouldn't do that though because he's the boss. No, yeah, yeah. Don't actually do that, especially if you've got opportunities coming your way. Don't don't slap the boss, man. Not a good idea. 
Slapping the boss man, slapping the boss man, slapping the boss. Thank you, delusional Patriots fan. I would love if they won. Like, they have a puncher's chance. Don't get me wrong. If the Jaguars can beat the Colts, Lawrence, I'm sorry if you're listening somewhere. Dude, we got a comment. We got a comment from a Colts fan that we're going to address tonight. It came on last night's Patreon. The dude signed up for Patreon just to ask me the question. Yeah, and that's one of the guys that hangs out in Lawrence's Discord all the time. He is a huge, yeah, huge Colts fan. He and he does not like Frank Reich. No. Oh, my God. He went off on Twitter. He went off on the Patreon. I can't wait for us to address it around 830. Uh, G107 says, peace and love, everybody. That's my boy, G107. He misses Connor because he just wants Connor to say and do something stupid. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, I got, Mikey, I got the greatest guest lined up for Monday night. If anybody saw my appearance on the Rico Report Tuesday night right after this show, he had a guest named Kev on the show. Driest, fuck, funnier than Connor. And just constant really oh my god so he's joining me from 7 10 till 7 30 connor's jumping in at 7 30 i might ask him if you hang on just a little bit just to listen to the two of them talk to each other he's a dolphins fan cheering for the patriots this weekend because really? he well he's canadian as well okay. we did all we did an all canadian show on rico's show wow and we had a bills fan a dolphins fan and a patriots fan and um anyways he says, so we live in Buffalo Bill country. And let me tell you what, the last couple of years, Buffalo Bills fans who weren't Buffalo Bills fans before are now Buffalo Bills fans. They've come oh, out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah the and, bandwagon's big. Yep. Yeah, and Toronto in particular is a really bandwagon city. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I know exactly what he's saying. Buffalo fans, especially around here in, in Canada, uh, they got big heads. Like the guys like Dean. You want to know mm-hmm. the difference between like a new Bills fan and an old Bills fan? Like Rico talks really arrogant and is good, good chop talker, but then mm-hmm. you can hear the little bit of nervousness in his voice. Yeah. Mario will not back his team at all. Like he just stays completely down the middle. Every time he's got to say something nice, he's got to say 10 things bad, right? <laughs> Dean, you heard Dean the other night, doesn't trust Sean McDermott. Do you, know, do you really want to face the Patriots, right? Yeah, Bill so, Belichick owns real estate in their heads. The yeah, but those Buffalo are what I'm saying, fans. though. Those are yeah. real Buffalo Bills fans. Like, those are guys that have been through bad things. Like, that's the football PTSD coming out in them, right? Whereas all these bandwagons, they're like, oh, yeah, man, Patriots suck. Buffalo Bills, man, Bills Mafia. You know what I mean? Like, there's a big difference between the bandwagon and the even the guys who are jumping through burning tables. Don't get me wrong. The Buffalo Bills, their fan base is probably the most passionate fan base in football. And I don't care what fucking fan base gets upset for me saying that. They're the most passionate fan base in football. However, you can see the preconditioned disappointment in them. The new fans, they don't have that. Yep. I mean, I mean, that's any bandwagon fan, right? Like, like I don't want to call myself a bandwagon thing. You, you and uh, Joe put it the put it a good way the other day. Like, I have birthright, okay. But if you go back to like, you know, like Ross, okay, like he knows what disappointment is 
Oh yeah, growing up in the eighties, right? He was, I mean, he became yeah. he was a Patriots fan in the eighties when when the, the the stadium was only half full. He was probably sitting beside Robert Kraft at some point. Yeah, my my dad's been a Patriots fan, you know, you know, since the sixties. My, you know, my dad still talks. Damn, about your the, dad's old. Yeah, my dad's seventy four, man. Ooh, it's a good guy though. You like? Could him. you imagine when I'm seventy on here, still talking bullshit about the Patriots, just like an old man, just. Dude, that's no going to be scary because by then Connor's definitely not going to know what you're talking about. It's not even going to be a joke anymore. I really feel like I'm going to stay hip like and, and be up to date with all the new lingo and all that shit. You know what I mean? And and Connor's still going to be stuck in 1995. What like Connor, a convection oven. God damn it. I think that Connor's like level of hipness and coolness like he he once he got to 2005 he peaked and he's never left <laughs> thank you g107 for your comment oh Owen, he said hi hello hi, jacob Dog. thank you for coming in i got nothing else hello <laughs> good hi. to see you thank you gabriel Welcome. what up and the patriots are going to win hell yeah yeah, I mean, you guys can be as confident as you want. I've already picked them to lose, but I mean, as a fan, of course, I'm going to be cheering for them to win. However, I can I, I know I've been saying this a lot. I can't stress this enough. Just go and take this game for what it is. Enjoy it. Like for I, me, maybe it's because I wasn't one of those guys that believed the Patriots like were a for sure playoff team. I said it. If you recall what I said, I said I believe the Patriots going to win eight games. They, I could see them making the playoffs, but I believe they're going to win eight games. Um, so I'm just taking this game. If they win, oh, like for Bills fans, I'm going to be fucking insufferable if the Patriots win. If the Patriots lose, I'm going to be like, hey, great season, boys. This is the game that I have. I don't want the least negative emotion about. In fact, I was talking. You? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm like I I want I want them to win. I'm happy either way. Like you know, I was talking to the boys about it last night. I'm, I'm like I said, I'm giving the Patriots a punch uh, puncher's chance. Like, let's just see what happens. Enjoy the game. Why am I not invited into Lawrence's Discord? I can invite you into it. Did you start it for him? No, uh, him and him, Francisco and I kind of built it all at the same time. So how come you never built mine? You just left it. You started it and left it. Because you never, like, we never had a plan for it. Well, because I don't know what to do with Discord. You were going to do all all that. This will also go on the list of things that we will figure out as we continue to uh, build. We got to talk to, we got to talk to, because I'm thinking of handing you over the Twitter account. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. I think you should just be the social media guy for us. Do the Discord, do the Twitter. Not my personal Twitter, but the Talking Football with Ray. Do my Twitter. Okay. Do the Discord. I think I think that's a good spot. That's what I always wanted Connor to do, but he fucking just that's Connor, you know? Like he just Yeah, he's good at his own Twitter and I just wanted him to show up. That was just (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You gotta read it. You can't just say yes. You gotta read what it says. This this is an audio podcast. All right. Can't, well, I was gonna read it and then Cameron. No, you, no, 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 no. You pop, no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's address this. All right. You you popped it up and said yes. Well, I'm agreeing with the comment. And you I'm can't gonna... agree until the audience, the audio podcast, knows what we're talking about because all they heard is you say yes. They maybe uh, they thought you were celebrating that you get to run the Twitter account. 
Oh, maybe that too. I'm, I'm Sarah used to open. run our Twitter account. Did you know that? Who did? Sarah used to run really? the Twitter account. Yeah, I did, yeah. I didn't she know used that. it back in the day. Yeah, I didn't. And then, that. and then, when we went months with no activity, it's because Sarah didn't run it anymore, and I was back to running it. Oh, okay. I've been getting better. I've been doing it a little bit, but I find it really weird when I got to tweet it myself. That's why I want to hand it off to somebody else. It just feels strange every time I got to tweet it myself. Yeah, it's it's like. You know, you and I talked about this the other day. It's kind of similar to like liking and retweeting your own stuff. It's kind of weird. Feels yeah. Weird. So if you do it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you take the video clip and put it on and you're like at DPN Ray says this, I have no problems liking and retweeting. When I do it though, it's like, and I do it like seconds later. So you know, it was me who posted it and then retweeted it on my own. And right. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not going to do things on the Twitter account. I will jump on from time to time when I think I need to post, put something out, especially like, if something from Blundell comes or whatever, but you know, I would love for you just to take most of it over. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk. No, no, I'm well, not. I'm not talking. I'm just telling you. Uh, just, okay, this, okay. I'm getting. I just command. told you I'm going to pay you. Commanded. I'm being commanded. I just said to you, I got stuff coming down the pipe, and I think I'm going to be able to pay you. And all you're, right. and you're I'm, not even. And all I'm asking is that you show up and do the comments, do the Discord, and do the Twitter. I think that's uh, not too much to ask. All right. All right. All right all right cameron let's get back to cameron's comment that we never got to here all right josh allen is gonna throw three picks saturday night emojis yes when did he throw three was it against atlanta that he threw three picks yes so they struggled against atlanta in fact they probably should have lost that game how did he do against the jets did he throw any ints against the jets uh i didn't look i'm gonna pull here i'll pull up the stats here do you think that there's with Jalen mills out the possibility of no kyle duggar do you think that there's a possibility that he could throw three interceptions on Saturday night? So I'll say yes, because I'll say JC Jackson is always good for two. Right? And like no interceptions. Allen went 24 for 45, two, 239 yards, uh, two passing touchdowns. Mitch Trubisky went one for one, 15 yards. Mitch Trubisky finished the game with a 118.8 passer rating. <laughs> Damn. He, he might get Josh Allen also ran the ball though five times for 63 yards, average 12.6 yards per carry. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll say this: I think the Patriots' defense is good for maybe two picks. Um, I think three is pushing it without Jalen. Jalen Mills isn't really like, I don't know, has he gotten a lot of picks this year? I know he uh, on that run during the Titans game, he recovered the ball that JC punched. No, but what I'm getting at is. Is this if Jalen Mills isn't there, you got it's gonna be Juwan Williams or Miles Bryant covering yeah. like Cole Beasley or Gabriel Davis. Oh, so right. why even attack JC Jackson? You're because not, yeah, you're right. You're right. And if Kyle Duggar's not there, oh, and then we got Dawson Knox, that means Adrian Phillips is gonna have to be on Dawson Knox the whole game. Because mm-hmm. Juwan Williams is supposed like I used to think Juwan Williams could be the free safety for the Patriots. Clearly he can't be. Yeah, I think I think we've seen about the last of him this year too. Potentially, he's we'll only see. good at hurting Christian Barmore. Yes, it, that makes me sad. Sad days. Thank you for your comment, Cameron. Yeah, we'll hurting do, our uh, hurting our first round draft pick. We don't like you. We'll do one more and then we'll uh, go to a break. All right. Oh, Chevion's here. Nah, there's confidence in the city. Bills fans themselves. Nah, they look a little shook. What up, Chevy? Uh, confidence, yeah. Bills fans themselves, they look a little shook. Yeah, yeah. 
like I said, I think that for Bills fans, again, I think that there's a little bit of that precondition to disappointment. And I think Dean said it perfect on Tuesday night when he was like, do you want to play Bill Belichick for a third time? Yet, I kind of, when I was doing my little intro there, it reminded me that the Jets won the trilogy. Did they win it once or twice? Uh, I know they won it once for sure. Yeah, I know they, they won the, it once. They beat Manning, they beat the Colts, and then they beat the Patriots. But was the year, the year that, I'm wondering, the year that. No, I think it wasn't one year an upset. The Patriots beat them twice. They still had the rematch. And and the Jets won in the playoffs. But did yeah. they beat the Patriots once in the playoffs or twice? Once, right? Because the Ravens won the other year. That was the yeah, Ray Rice yeah. game. It was, it was just the once. It and then Baltimore the beat the Jets in the AFC Championship game. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good enough. We'll see. It's going to be a good game Saturday. If if the Is this our Super Bowl? Is this the Patriots Super Bowl Saturday? Or if they win this game, will you start thinking like, okay, now we got now there's a possibility to go on a run? Yes, yeah, I, more, more of the latter. I I think if we can beat Buffalo, we can put enough together to probably beat anybody. You're not going to beat anybody. The Patriots can beat Buffalo. All right, yes, I'm sorry, the Patriots. I'm just kidding. All right, let's clear this chat, ladies and gentlemen. Here from my sponsors over at Newsbreak, and when we return. Well, we'll talk a little bit more in depth some of the stories that I uh, started off this show with. Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody, so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. Before we get into the stories, I don't know if you saw this tweet today, Mike. Adam Schefter, about two hours ago, two hours ago tweeted, Patriots linebacker coach Gerard Mayo is expected to emerge as a leading candidate for the Houston Texans head coaching job per source. Yep, and I yeah, I saw that immediately today after they fired David Culley. So Nick Hazario, right? Going to yep. try to keep, I mean, trying to build. I mean, what, you got Rex Burkhead down there, right? Yeah, the they must not care about the whole Patriots connection thing, obviously. I think you'd have a little bit of bad taste in your mouth after the Bill O'Brien thing, but clearly that doesn't scare him. So. Well, yeah, but don't forget, look who the GM is now, though. It's Cesario. Right. It was Belichick's right-hand man. Yep. So, so why so much interest in – do you think there's interest in Steve Belichick but people know don't even bother? It does confuse me a little bit because the waters there have been muddied. So there must be some, you know, obviously behind the scenes talking about what's going on and what Gerard's actual contribution to this defense is. 
Well, because... I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna throw this out at you. Sure. Could Gerard Mayo technically be that de facto defensive coordinator and Steve Belichick just calls the place? Because over in Cleveland, we found out one of the issues that Baker Mayfield has had with Kevin Stefanski is they have an offensive coordinator, but Kevin Stefanski calls the offensive plays. And I believe that uh, Sean McVay does that as well in Los Angeles. So is there a possibility that Gerard Mayo is doing the game plan and Steve Belichick is just calling the plays? Yeah, I think people may may have the shoe on the other foot, so to speak. If they, you know, people have kind of thought it's the the other way around. You know, like Steve Belichick's been the one leading the show a little bit, but yeah, I could see that. Obviously, Gerard Mayo has more experience, you know, on the field. So, you know, why wouldn't you want a guy that's been there, done that? You know, po- possibly, you know, calling stuff or developing the 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 game plan. So, well, and that's what I'm wondering. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not play calling. Maybe that's yeah. in Steve Belichick's wheelhouse. But however, perhaps, again, as I just said, perhaps maybe Mayo is devising the game plan, the yeah, defensive yeah. game plan, with Bill Belichick's input. Yeah, yeah. And so I do think that's the case. And they said, you know, one of the, if you dug into the quote a little bit more, they said, uh, you know, Belichick's been an open door for Mayo as far as, you know, basically coaching him through the interviews uh, process, so to speak. So, yeah, I think he wants to. Do you think maybe that, do you think maybe he wants, he did the same thing for Matt Patricia. Yeah. But he didn't do the same thing for Josh McDaniels. No, I think because he probably wants Josh Josh to stay. So you think he's he's okay then with Gerard Mayo leaving? Yeah, and I I honestly kind of feel that way too because – Ultimately, I think Bill handles ha- handles the defense. So, all right. Well, yeah, Brian just... Flores is going to have a job by the end of this week, or what? Yeah, I think so. With the Bears? Yeah, I think so. Bears or Denver? When have you been better off in Minnesota? I really I thought that the know. perfect fit for him would have been Minnesota. Yeah, they got good defensive pieces. Although the Bears do too, Broncos do. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of teams with good pieces that need good coaches. You know how he brought in co-offensive coordinators into Miami? Yeah. Yep. Do you, do you, and I heard that that was one of the, actually one of the downfalls of him in Miami as the head coach. That was one of the reasons they wanted him out. Well, all three years, I think they had like four deep, four or five defense uh, offensive coordinators. They could not settle on a coordinator. It was pretty bad. Yeah. And they brought like Chad O'Shea back in, in the, in the mix in the first place. Right. Which was the Patriots wide receiver coach. Yeah. He was the first guy he brought down there. Supposedly they didn't get along at all. Uh, they, in fact, I think they fired him even before the first season ended. I could be wrong. But I think you're right. I think he was gone before the season. No, I think they finished the season, then he let him go. Yeah, like immediately. <laughs> Do you think maybe Brian Flores actually could be a problem? Another Belichickian guy who just can't survive on his own? I don't know. It's tough because if you ask a guy like Kyle Van no- Vanoy who was a little bit sour about what was going on down there. He kind of he kind of gave that impression, but other people have kind of come to his defense. So it seems like a little bit of a mixed bag. And I think Van Noyce didn't have anything like he seemed happier than pig and mud in Miami until he was cut. 
And yeah. then all of a sudden the Dolphins were a problem. So I think that was Van Noy just being super bitter. And can I can I say like I have some of that issue with Van Noy too. He does a lot of talking, and it seems like after he's done talking a lot, the Patriots seem to stumble. And I'm like, dude, why don't you just like, you know, he was one of the ones who made like the original like the boogeyman ain't gonna be stopped comments back in what like 2019, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh yeah, the engine ran out of gas. Yeah, very quickly. And I also think that in 2019, I believe, don't quote me on this. No, quote me. Be prior to the Titans game, he's like, "It's our revenge tour starting now because they yeah. finished so slow." And then, like after they lost, Logan Ryan, who was a Titan, was like, "What's Van, what's Kyle doing, running his mouth like that? Like that's not the Patriots' way to do things." And I want to know why does Belichick let him get away with that? Because that just seems like something Belichick would try to hold within. No, yeah, I don't, I don't. There must be something there with Kyle Van Noy that he just lets him be himself because. He's obviously let him do this in the past and, you know, this year. And it's like, dude, every time you talk, we end up eating it. So That's like Deion Dawkins of the Buffalo Bills. Do you ever realize every time that guy runs his mouth, something bad yeah. happens to Buffalo? Yeah. Didn't he say something about Tredavious White the week before he got hurt? Like, he was like, my man's elite or something like that. I can't remember, but I'd have been okay with that. But I remember a couple of years ago when the Patriots were undefeated and they went up to Buffalo and he's like, now they're going to see what it's like to play us. And then the, the Bills, the uh, Bills, I think, scored like 12 points or something like that. Like, just absolutely look like shit against. Uh, I, I'm not saying that the fucking Patriots dominated them, but like the, the, the defense did. I think it was like only one game. Yeah. Uh, Chicken Vlog says, I'm a big Chad O'Shea guy. I played college ball with Troy Brown at Marshall. Hmm. I think that Chad O'Shea was like he was pretty instrumental, like even in that comeback against Atlanta in the Super Bowl. Like, and he was their, I believe, red zone offensive game planner. So, like, it was his job to put together the game plan for the red zone for the Patriots while he was a part of Josh McDaniel's staff. I mean, if that's true, that that's like the year they won 51 and I think he was here during 52 because Flores hadn't left yet. Correct. Yeah. He was here during 52. He wasn't here for 53. He was here for 51. He was here for 49. Yeah. Because that's when they actually their red zone offense started to sputter quite a bit after that. Then if you really think about it after 52 going into that 53 year, their red zone offense wasn't, uh, well until Sony Michelle absolutely fucking came alive. Yeah, yeah. Lately. Him and James yeah. Devlin. Yeah. Oh, I miss James Devlin. Oh. I miss Sony Michelle. To be real, dude. Could you imagine the three-headed monster of Sony Michelle, Ramondre Stevenson, and Damian Harris leading the way right now? Oh my god, it, it would be monstrous. Because Brandon Bolden's even stepped up. So like you're you're basically saying four-headed monster at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And I Mac Jones would throw five times a game. Honest to fucking God. He would throw five times a game. Yeah, Sean Michelle's just killing it in L.A. Killing it. Yeah, man. Sean McVay managed in that offensive line. They got some good stuff going. I got to give him credit. Got to give him credit. Now, I was a staunch defender of Sony Michelle till the day he was traded, as you know. Yes. And I think it was deserving. I think he deserved the defense that, that he was given. And what he's doing in L.A., getting another opportunity is proving it. Sony Michelle had one lousy season in 2019 when the Patriots offensive line fucking sucked. And my dad has always lived by, and I agree with him, your quarterback 
and your running back are only as good as your offensive line. Yeah, it's it's true. And and you and I agreed on this. You know, I wrote that whole big thing like a three paragraphs long about why the team was better with Sony. And it's funny, he was playing out of his mind. So, you know, he was playing out of his mind. They go, Well, we have James White still, so we're not gonna pay Sony, trade him. But it's like, you know, you you play that devil's advocate or Monday morning quarterback, whatever you want to call it and say, well, we didn't know James white was going to be hurt, but if we did, you know, would we have kept them? I think absolutely. Oh, I think if they would have known that James white was going to get hurt, they absolutely would have kept him. There's no doubt in my mind. All right. Should we go to another comment? Let's go to another comment. Let's grab a comment. Let's see. Let's go with George. George Burnett says, for the Patriots to win, I think it will be one of those death by a thousand cuts games, like the first game, uh, the first Bills game of the year, where we were, where we wear them down with the running game. Oh, Mikey, I can't agree with this more, but I'll let you start and I'll get my point after. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a combination of that in the Browns game. Like everything just has to be flowing for the Patriots. We can't see one of these games where they come out tepid and just stay that way for the half like they have they can have one series that's not great but they have to keep the engine you know just moving smooth is the way i'm gonna put it i know that mario believes that mac jones is gonna have to do something special in order for the patriots to win i get that i get and i get kind of get what he was saying He's like, dude, if the patriots are gonna win mac jones has to do something he's never done before i don't necessarily know what that means but I don't know if that's throw for 500 yards. I don't know if that's throw for four touchdowns, whatever it is. I think everybody watching this show right now, everybody not watching this show, anybody who watches the New England Patriots on a consistent basis, anybody who's watched the Patriots game this year, I think the person who's watching Dancing with the Stars right now, and I think that everybody on The Bachelor knows that the only way the New England Patriots are going to win this game on Buffalo is to win on the ground. Not only that, though, well, the thing that concerns me Buffalo seems to have figured out how to run the ball. Two back-to-back games with Devin Singletary getting like averaging 4.5, 4.6 yards per carry, 88 yards last week, 100 yards the year the week before. Uh, One thing the Patriots have been bad at defensively this year, stopping the run outside of the red zone. Inside the red zone, they've been phenomenal. But outside of the red zone, they can't stop the run. And they've been burnt twice on big explosive runs for touchdowns. The Jonathan Taylor run in indianapolis and i can't remember the running back's name but the run in tennessee it was like a 62 yard touchdown run mm-hmm. there would have been two of them too right jc punched out the the ball that first time or second time? yes the second time otherwise there was another big yeah the a possibility of another big run i totally forgot about that it's funny that when a play gets made that you forget what the results could have been you know thank you very much for your comment george I appreciate you, George. You're a good man, George. (laughs) I'm going to keep thanking George until we get a new comment. All right, let's go with Chevy's comment here, and we'll mix it up for a minute. Sure. Chevy says, yeah, I feel you. Problem is in Chicago, you have players like Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn who are cornerstones of that defense. They have a solid foundation as well. I'm going to let Mike start because, Mike, I think it was you who said was it you who said that you think Khalil Mack is done with Chicago? Do you think he's going to move on after this year? Yeah. So here's my thought about the Bears. 
the Bears have a young quarterback that needs developing. I think they're I think they may change their philosophy and go with an offensive minded head coach here. Now the Bears historically have not. So we'll, you know, that that's gonna be a big hurdle for them to jump over. But I think if they do, they're gonna look to move uh Mac for probably probably some draft picks to get um oh my god I'm blanking on his name quarterback bears they have a quarterback no no who yeah who is it I'm blanking Justin Fields name. yes they'll they'll try to get Justin Fields a weapon or an offensive but line. Justin Fields has weapons. Like he's got Allen Robinson, one of the best Allen wide Ro- receivers. Al- Allen Robinson is not going to be there again this year. They're no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is he's had one of the best in the NFL. The guy needs an offensive line, right? not weapons. Right. So, again, point being, though, is I think they'll probably trade Mac for a pick to get an offensive lineman would be my thought. Am I assuming this discussion is around Brian Flores? I think that that's what Chevy's comment was addressing yes yeah so this is why i feel that that flora is better suited in minnesota offensively there's not an issue in minnesota i know that people don't like kirk cousins as you know i think that kirk cousins takes too much heat i think a lot of quarterbacks take too much heat i think Tua takes too much heat Mm. i think that um kirk cousins takes too much heat Dak takes too much heat from time to time. Dak was phenomenal this year, by the way. I don't know what anybody saw, but I loved watching Dak Prescott play football this year. However, back to Brian Flores. Minnesota's issue was their defense. If Flores can kind of take a big breath and get just put together an offensive staff and go there and fix that defense, that's a scary team to play going forward. Because the offense is already there, they got they got one of the best receiving cords in the NFL. Yeah, I never they've got thought of it that way. It's a good. They've got two phenomenal running backs that would be number ones on almost anybody's team, and they got a great game managing quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I'm telling you right now, if Mac Jones could become Kirk Cousins, I'd be okay with that. And I know that there's Patriot fans right now that are like, "Whoa." And I'm not talking that that's his ceiling. I'm saying if he could become Kirk Cousins, I could live with that. We've kind of talked about stuff like that before, too, because it's like you give Bill Belichick some of these guys that are thought of as like A minus, B plus quarterbacks, right? Like a Kirk Cousins, people like that. It's, well, Bill Belichick could probably win a Super Bowl with that. Right. Well, I wanted last year, they brought in Cam Newton, but I wanted them to give Marcus Mariota a shot. I heard he was available for trade. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots could have gotten him for like a fifth round draft pick. I think that the Patriots could have had a little bit of success with Mariota. I mean, Mariota is a throw away from his shoulder falling off. Right, after all the... Yeah, just total shoulder injuries. But I like Marcus Mariota, and I think that's a guy who took too much blame in Tennessee. Was never put in a position to succeed in Tennessee for various reasons. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill, right? When he left Miami, everybody thought he was hot garbage. I mean, he, he's still not the star of the show in Tennessee, but he's serviceable. Let me ask you a couple questions here, okay? Sure. I'm going to give you two names. You pick which one you'd prefer. Okay. Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Hmm, Patrick Mahomes. 
Dak Prescott or Patrick Mahomes? Ooh. Probably Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Patrick Mahomes. Wow. Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers? Ooh. Take age out of the equation. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. Even with the age, Aaron Rodgers. Really? So you would take an old Aaron Rodgers over the young Patrick Mahomes if you had the choice to start your team right now? Yep. Crazy. Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers or Matthew Stafford? Aaron Rodgers. Good, because I'm going to tell you right now that I think Matthew Stafford is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. I think that people put Matthew Stafford on a pedestal that he doesn't deserve. I think that so much blame got put on the Detroit Lions that the myth of Matthew Stafford was created. But I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's a myth. I don't know how we got onto this after talking about Brian Forrest <laughs> in Minnesota, but how, how impressive has Stafford been? To, like Cooper Cup has been very impressive. I don't think Stafford has been overly impressive. I think he's been good. I think he's just found a connection with Cup that's made. Listen, and and I I don't watch Skip and Shannon often live, but they were talking about how Cooper Cup has just excelled as a receiver this year and how it's because of Stafford and Cooper Cup wasn't this good before before Stafford got there. Cooper Cup is a good receiver. He caught a lot of balls from Jared Goff. Did they have this kind of connection? No, but like everybody needs to stop downplaying this kid. And, and I I'm not gonna say what I think it is, but can I tell you my top three wide receivers in the NFL? Sure. Number one, Devontae Adams. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah, without a doubt. No question. Number two, Cooper Cup. Number three, get mad at me now, Tyreek Hill. If mm. I had to start a team and I was given three wide receivers, those are the three I'd pick. You wouldn't take D-Hop over nope. Tyreek Hill? Nope. He does not have Tyreek Hill speed. And I know Tyreek's had a bit of an off year with drops and stuff. But that speed cannot be taken away. That's true. That's true. And that's fair. There's times to me that Tyreek Hill is not seen at as a as as isn't seen as an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I'm able to do, and I try to do, I'm human, I make mistakes at times. But one of the things I try to do the most is separate off-field stuff to the on-field. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about a player, I'm talking about his on-field performance. I've done that with Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to do it with Tyree Kill. Right. right? Um, there's people in the NFL that I think are, are just pieces of garbage, human beings. But yeah. when I'm talking about the on-field product and the player and the, the athleticism and what they bring to the table, it, it's different. So... I don't want the argument of what people think Tyree Kill is off the field. And I'm also going to encourage people to do a little bit more research on the whole Tyree Kill situation. Because a lot of that got resolved and a lot of that actually 
made him look a little bit better. I don't know if you saw any of that, Mikey, but um, I remember actually us talking about it as it was happening, and I was kind of in your boat. I was like ready to throw the book at him, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the I'll call it like the secondary evidence came out, and like, oh, okay, he's yeah. like. And then that kind of all disappeared and people were still like, oh, he's a bad guy. And I was like, wait a minute. When that tape came out, the original one that the news released, it was bad. Very, very bad. But when the full audio came out, that changed the entire game. And that was poor reporting by Main Main Street Media. That was a reporter who had the full audio who cherry-picked that moment of the conversation to try to paint Tyree Kill in a light so they could get a story. Because when that full audio got released and you heard the build-up and you heard the ending and you realized that Tyree Kill wasn't even in the wrong in that conversation, <laughs> it makes you wonder why people trust mainstream media, right? Like, when mainstream media is like, oh, how come you're questioning reporters? Oh, well, you know, and sports reporters are the most sensitive people in the world, right? And they get upset. And they're like, oh, well, how come you're you're, you're snapping back to them? It's like, because you guys, you, you, the mainstream media is no longer this unbiased, neutral territory. The, the mainstream media, media was invented for us to get informed and get the message. Or if it's from a sports media perspective, let's keep it with sports. Let's not talk world politics, but let's talk right, sports right. media. I'm not a sports media. I, I might be quote, quote, unquote, in the media. Some people consider me the media. I don't consider myself part of media. But if I'm a part of the sports media landscape in some sense, that's fine. But I'm more like I want to be the entertainer. You know what I mean? I'm the entertainer of the sports world. I talk about right. sports like a like a fan. Like uh, I'm a I'm going to quote Dean again. I'm a dude, right? Yep. Like I'm just a dude. I'm a regular dude who likes to talk about sports. Um, I think I said to Dean the other day, I'm like, I'm just a dumb jock who talks about football, right? Um, the main The media, though, their job is to get the message from the team and pass it on to us. And I don't think they do that accurately. No, no. Is Seth Wickersham's book total bullshit? I don't think so. I think there's a lot of truth in his book. Do I think something is exaggerated? Yes. Do I think he left out little tidbits that made things look more explosive? Yes. The problem is, though, once one sentence is questioned or put in question or proven to be exaggerated or untrue it puts every other word that you typed in the question and the media has done it to itself because they've stopped being honest and they've been more they've been about clicks they've been about clickbait they've been about everything else and i look i will fully acknowledge i'm going to be putting out something on newsbreak that says when is the right time for the patriots to draft mac jones replacement clearly understanding that that headline that that graphic that bubble that says what is a click and i'm doing that for a click for a fun conversation about a question that got asked about wacky sports takes yeah but i mean so here's the other thing too and like you know i see them on my feeds all the time there's there's the there's the outlets that publish the clickbait constantly like every post is a clickbait and you're posting something once in a while is like a fun entry right that that's that's what it used to be now it's like you have the sites totally dedicated just to clickbait and and you know back on on the tyree kill it's funny that i remember this kind of vividly because sometimes i don't but maybe it was just the circumstances surrounding it i remember that it got so bad that they in in you know patriots fans and media they're always in the market for a receiver it was like if the Chiefs look to dump him because of how bad it is, 
and we can't still play him till next year because of how bad his legal problems are. Is it still worth us trading for him? And it was I remember that ser- I remember that conversation. It was a serious conversation. Because I think it goes back to my conversation with Dean on Tuesday. I'm not bringing it up. I'm not trying to name drop. He was on the show. You can't name drop it, right? But on Tuesday, I asked him, uh, for people who don't know, Dean Mundell is is, is a staunch (laughs) anti-anti-vaxxer. I think that's the best way to to explain it, right? He, He fights with people who don't believe in the vaccine on a daily basis. He fights, especially people who are outspoken about it. I'm not here to have the vaccine debate. But I so I asked him, can you separate Cole Beasley, the football player, and Cole Beasley, the guy who you call out people like him? And what do you say? It's all about the dub, yep. right? It's all about the dub. And I think a lot of people do that. Was and I think it is well. I like I said to you, I'm able to separate the on field and off field stuff. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do people make mistakes that are heinous mistakes? Absolutely. Ray Rice. Horrible. Horrible what Ray Rice did. But my thing is, that happens every day, right? Right. And people get to keep their jobs and continue. You know what I mean? Ray Rice's career was over after that. Yeah, I mean... Most people think Michael Vick should, you know, Michael Vick still kind of gets accolades from the league. He's still in, involved with a lot of stuff. I and, and listen, you know, I'm a big dog guy. I have a lot of thoughts about this. I'm not trying to touch the issue. Mike, just so everybody knows, Mike just texts me random pictures of his dog. Just, yeah. Just yeah, like, to show me his dog. Yeah. Which, by the way, it's a beautiful husky. Anybody who's Thanks. a dog person, beautiful. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna show people. I'm gonna upload it. Can I do it? Can I show people? Yeah, that's that's fine. Okay, I've got. Keep talking. Words. I got. I got to download it. I yeah, yeah. yeah. It. So, so what I'm trying to say is, even being a dog person, you know, it's like I I watch Michael Vick. He seems pretty sincere. He went went through some things. I think everybody should be given a chance of of forgiveness or redemp- redemption, whatever you want to call it. But I like I know people and this this comes to the point of being able to kind of separate things, put things in different baskets. Like I know dog breeders. So like I got my my dog from a dog breeder that I know and she doesn't know like I'm a football person. She hates Michael Vick. Like we she has no idea that I know anything about football. She just started going off on a rant about how Michael Vick is the worst person should not have a job, doesn't know why he was, you know, basically she used the word invited to play in the NFL again. Like, anyway, side rants. No, and I get what you're saying. And it's funny, though, because I sit, I get up, see, for me, it's defenseless people. Defense, like, People, animals, people who can't defend themselves, right? Children, that type of thing. When I thought that it was Tyreek Hill who had broken his son's arm, I was enraged. When I found out it was her, I'm not saying I was happy because of the poor little boy, right? But I was happy that 
Tyreek was vindicated because I get I get upset when people are I, I when when people who can't defend themselves or animals or anything like vulnerable people who are in in, in, in living things are in a vulnerable position. That's when I get upset. And and yeah, I, I mean I I harbored. It, I'll tell you the truth. When we're talking about on field stuff, Michael Vick took me a while. And I still struggle to make those separations. Does that make sense to you? Yes. And and so that's what I was kind of getting at is it, it took me a while. Like while he was still playing, I think I was still pretty bitter about it. It wasn't years later until he was an analyst. And I kind of heard that he, you know, did, did a, like, you know, he went through programs and therapy and then he started supporting like, uh, you know, violence against animal stuff. So it's. And yeah, listen, there's people and operating a dog fighting ring is not a mistake. It's a conscious effort that somebody made. A mistake is me running my belt buckle across your car accidentally and putting a scratch across your your Mercedes. You know what I mean? That's a mistake. Organizing allowing green lighting paying for a dog fighting ring a drug operation it's not a mistake however i do believe in a society of a forgiveness and b a society that you can do something and learn from it and not make that choice again yeah and be punished and have repercussions. So I think that even though, yeah, I do harbor some ill will towards Michael Vick, um, towards Ben Roethlisberger, towards Julian, Ed- Julian Edelman's a guy. Let's not forget that Robert Kraft paid to have a sexual assault disappear. I actually did forget about that. Now that you say it, um, sorry, there, there wasn't enough evidence to support it. I'm able though, to, on field separate myself from those feelings of personal feelings and personal uh, actions of others off the field. You know what I mean? Because during the game and then there's sometimes I just can't, you know what I mean? Sometimes I can't, can't no. And 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 Chevy makes a good point here. Brian Flores fought for Deshaun Watson. Ironic. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if the Patriots connection maybe brings Brian Flores to to Texas. So we'll see. Although I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to play for the Texans regardless of the coach they get. I think it's more about the owner. I wonder, though, if they brought him in. I think he wants to get away from those lawsuits right now as well. Yeah. That's a weird, that's a weird situation because at first I didn't believe, I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, once there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, whatever. I'm like, there's no way all these women are lying, right? No, no. They, look. But this has gone on a long time. Yeah, and I'm I'm not seeing any evidence. No, it's really strange, though. I think it's going to be one of those things that when he does finally, kind of like AB. Right. Like, I think once there's news there, so say he gets traded or starts playing again, 
it's going to flare up at just the right time to make the news cycle and make it hard yeah. for him to play football again, I think is what's going to happen. I agree. But I'm now at a point where I'm not saying he's innocent because the last thing I want to do is if he is guilty is victim shame, right? Right. So I'm not saying he's innocent. However, I have decided that I'm okay with sitting back and letting the justice system have and him have due process because it's just a weird it was a weird case to begin with and i think sometimes uh, and i i was guilty of this we were so quick to judge just based on the crimes that he was you know or or the actions that he was accused of however like just because it's been so weird i'm actually like i'm i'm just sitting back and waiting to see what happens i'm i'm not casting judgment on him i'm not casting judgment on the uh, accusers i won't even i can't even call them victims at this point of the accusers right and mm-hmm. um i mean he could have settled this a long time ago and just took a six game suspension he could have been back on the field but he is standing strong in this yeah and, and i mean i don't know how how deep we want to get into this but not very yeah, I will just pop. We this. took this last like twenty minutes has gotten very dark. Yeah, we'll we'll get out of this in a second. But this this is one of the things that I remember seeing right at the beginning of all this that kind of made me think that he was innocent. Right, the fact that let's read only... it out loud for the audio podcast. Okay. Chevy Production says that ironic that the defense attorney of all these ladies is the next door neighbor of the owner of the Texans, and I didn't know that at first. And then I found out he's not only next door neighbor; these guys go on vacation together they golf together they're friends like there's a big connection between them which is why i am saying i can't come out and say he's innocent because i don't know and i don't want to if if he's not i don't want to victim shame however i will not refer to his accusers as victims anymore i will refer to them as accusers i will let due process happen and if he is innocent, I hope that he gets his day, and I hope that it, it, it's true. And if he's not, I hope that he gets whatever coming back the other way. However, I have changed. I've done a full 180 on this. I was like, he was guilty as far as I was concerned. Uh, I've done a full 180. I'm willing to let this play out. And there could come a time that oh, I might I might even start siding with him a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Be careful. Who who you've sided with recently, it's blown up in your face. So just saying. Oh, because I supported Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one time, one mistake. All right. For anybody who's curious, what's your dog's name? Indy. This is Indy. This is the picture that Mike just randomly texted me the other day. I, I responded with a heart. <laughs> and uh, so does he howl? Ah, uh, like he, he does. He does the husky he, talk. Yep. He does the husky like just when you leave. He's like, yep, yep. What's he? Who's he, is he named? That is he named after Indiana Jones? Yep, he is. That's how I got Indy. Eh? Yep. My dog. My dog's name is Jules, named after Julian Edelman, but she was a girl, so I couldn't call her Julian. So if we were gonna get a boy, we we're gonna name him Julian, but they only had girls left, so we called her Jules. This is Jules. For anybody who's uh, curious, that's her in her hoodie. Oh, it's adorable. Just uh, rocking it. That's my vicious Rottweiler that people are <laughs> that people are uh, scared of when we go to the pet store. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's her. That's the vicious Rottweiler. Hundred pounds of just pure nastiness. All right, let's go to another another chat here and see if we can uh, change the subject a little bit because it got it got dark, man. Uh, it got right. dark. Why don't you, do you have a subject? Is maybe it got dark. 
Do I have a subject? Why you don't like the chat? I think we need to change up the chat a little bit. I'll put it. Oh, this is where we're getting at. Let's talk about this wacky idea. (laughs) When is the right time for the Patriots to replace Mac Jones? And again, it came from this. I just, I thought it was a really kind of, can you uh, clear the, uh, the chat? Oh, yep. Yep. I thought it was a really just goofy take. Right. And that's what Mina comes in. Like, what's your goofiest sports take that you actually kind of believe. And when Villen wrote Patriots to draft a rookie quarterback every five years instead of paying one a big second contract, I was like, why not? You do it with running backs. You do it with receivers. You do it with offensive linemen all the time. Why not just cycle through quarterbacks? Damn. Uh, well, I think Bill tries to do that, right? We drafted Tom Brady's replacement how many times? I understand that, but he ultimately gave Brady a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth contract. I think what Ben what Ben Valen is 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 alluding to here is Mac Jones is done after five years. We exercise fifth year option, and then year six he's somewhere else getting a payday, and the Patriots have a new rookie quarterback. I mean, on paper again, it's, not... it's for fun. It's wacky and for fun. It's not supposed to be taken serious. Right. Yeah. And, and Valen wasn't being serious. It's what's your goofiest take that you kind of believe. And I thought that's actually a neat idea to talk about. Don't forget, guys, I create content for a living. I have to talk about entertaining things. And I thought that this was an entertaining subject line to speak about. Maybe you guys don't. Maybe you're like, Ray, this is stupid. But I think it's a fun idea to talk about. Could the Patriots just turn over their quarterback position every five years and just bring in a new rookie every year and never pay a $250 million contract? Um, Or are you scared that you'll run into a cycle like the Cleveland Browns where you cycle through a quarterback every three years? They all just suck. I think if Bill Belichick was a younger man, hypothetically, but let's say same brain, so same old man Bill, in young man Bill's body, this would be his ideal. Like, if he had something written down in a book, this would be him. Like, I am never paying a quarterback. I don't want to pay a quarterback. They're all overrated divas. I just need them to pass the football three times a game in the wind, make one completion, and we'll run the football the rest of the game and play defense. So why can't the next... Excuse me. Why can't the next GM of the Patriots do that? I mean, you can ask Steve Belichick if he'll he'll want to do that. Steve That'll Belichick's be. not going to be the next general manager. Get out of here. Oh, 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 we're just talking about things for fun, man. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Did that change the chat? A little bit. Let's see. Based Edward. on Mikey's... <laughs> based on Mike just no saying, based on Mike just saying we need to change the subject, I feel like the chat got dark. Yeah, the chat definitely followed us down that rabbit hole, and I didn't want to keep delving into the uh was it Michael Vick? It was Michael Vick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, because fucking people love animals more than they love people. Like, and I remember when it happened, someone at my I was working construction at the time, and someone on the job site saying to me, People like animals more than they like people right and it, it's yeah uh edward just says no ray <laughs> what a feeling 
McChicken Vlog says, now get Brady back in town or I burn my season tickets I've had since 1978 when Grogan was running the show. And Mr. Snoopy has uh, taken over McChicken Vlog's account again. And uh, Mr. Snoopy has never, I don't think he burnt his tickets. That's why he's never come back. No, no, he definitely hasn't. No. Snap, snap time is just yelling at us or laughing at us rather. As we try to change the subject into stu- uh, utter stupidity. Yeah. Edward Edward is asking us, do you think T.O. is better than Harry Palms? I think Terrell, Terrell Owens, T.O.? Yeah, I think that's what he's asking. Yeah, And Harry Palms being what, Nikhil Harry? Yeah. Edward, that's what um, you mean when you say Harry Palms, right? Say in the I, chat. If that's the question, I think that Terrell Owens now is better than Nikhil Harry. <laughs> um, yes. I think Terrell Owens, have you seen the shape he's in? Yeah. I think I think that T.O. could, honest to God, go on a team for a playoff run. Like, he said that he's ready to go play for Tampa. I actually think he could go play for Tampa. Yeah, right I, I had this discussion again with some of the, the dudes in Discord, and they all fought me, and I was like, I was like, I think T.O. could easily play 15 snaps a game, and they would be productive snaps not for 17 games but no, i think no, no. If, you, for a, if you brought him back run. like week 16 17 18 to get his legs under him yeah and then a playoff run i absolutely think tio's in a in good enough shape to do that guys tio is a freak like he it was some program either it was either this last summer or the summer before he raced like tyree kill and some other guys that are currently in the nfl and he was wasn't that far behind them like the guy is 50 50 he's a freak he's the tom brady of receivers he'd also be the only like hall of famer actually like he'd be the only like guy that's like an actual hall of famer on a team right too i think so yeah do you notice that depending how i move my cam my color changes um yes slightly yeah i do that's my camera i don't know why it does that like nothing's moving just I wonder if it's because you're you're wearing so much black tonight that the contrast is. Nah, I was doing it the other night too. It just does it every show. Hmm. Every time I move, look. Yeah. Every time you jiggle. For those of you. Listen, Mike, did you just stay quiet the whole time? Did you just let it be as I walked away? No, I was laughing and I had to mute. <laughs> so the audio podcast just hears this whole gap. Yep. You have not earned the right to talk about my jiggle yet. I said wiggle. You said jiggle. We'll have to go back to the tape. <laughs> you said jiggle. Chat, let me know. Did he say jiggle or wiggle? His job depends on it right now. Social media coordinator could just go away like that. Or it goes from a paid job to a volunteer <laughs> job like that. <laughs> uh, good stuff. Good stuff. Tyreek Vaughn says, I could catch better than Harry. I don't doubt you, man. Honestly. I I, I don't I don't doubt you. Uh, listen. I do die. Nikhil Harry is still an elite athlete. 
Like, if let's be real, Nikhil Hath, Nikhil Harry would whoop all of our asses, would probably be faster than most of us, would be stronger than all of us. He's still an elite athlete. However, I've spent the better part of three years defending Nikhil Harry. And he's just let me down, man. So I'm going to say, Tyree, you're right, bud. Mike, anything to add to this? Yeah, I just, I'm kind of with you. I don't know if I was pumping his tires quite as much when he came out, but we were all all excited when he was drafted. And just other than the couple of catches he had, what, two, no, not two weeks ago, three weeks ago, you know? in like big one right down the middle of the field against the Colts, and he gets hit in the fucking helmet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he has had a lot of Dirty, dirty Chiefs. Dirty Chiefs players. Dirty Colts players. Colts players. Fuck it. Chiefs, Colts. They're all dirty. Yeah, yeah they're all fucking, fucking dirty. dirty. Dirty motherfuckers. Fucking. What a feeling. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. I think I think we're going to go out and get, ourse- get ourselves a uh, Michael Thomas this year. Like actually Michael Thomas? Yeah, I was thinking about it last night. If he's really not that not that happy in New Orleans, could see what happens. Because they're kind of in full rebuild mode right now. Are they? What if they get a quarterback? Yeah, I don't think so. I still don't think so. Did you see uh, Chris Ballard? Fucking, I'm saving it for tomorrow's show. Basically, oh, the Lawrence here. Yeah, but basically, like, the fuck did you want me to do? Okay, I got Carson. I was wrong. Let you know that there's no quarterbacks available. I want me to read you the exact quote. I'll, let's not go too deep in it because, like, it's actually sure. one of my subject matters for tomorrow. But, like, sure. I saw it and it was just like insanity to me. Like, okay, so here it is Ballard on Carson Wentz. At the time, we felt like it was the right decision. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to make a comment on who's going to be here next year and who's not. Yeah. I know it says, says there was good and bad from Wentz this year. Yeah, I mean, so I know that it's hard to pick up tone over text, but like this sounds so bad because at the time we felt like it was right, right, right. That is just not like if you stand behind a guy, you say we made the right decision, and that that's it. There, like, there's a lot of shade there. There's a lot of shade in that comment uh a lot there's a ton a billion like to me that's chris ballard just going we fucked up man i'm sorry people i'm sorry we made a we made a mistake we never should have brought in carson wentz and i can't wait to hear what lawrence has to say about it tomorrow because fucking it felt like the right decision at the time you might as well came out and been like fuck it we made a mistake yeah it's see the funny thing is it's like i don't think they did i think if you ask somebody like lawrence like who else were they gonna get lawrence they were... an- well like that's the thing though lawrence's answer was basically the same as ballard's yeah like there was nobody available at the time right so and lawrence was a huge defender of Carson Wentz throughout the season. I think that there is a lot of anger amongst the Colts fan base right now based on that loss on Sunday to Jacksonville. I oh, think... You... Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say, did you want to talk about that Twitter comment from his dude, or are you saving that for tomorrow, too? 
Oh, I got it up here. It's going to be he, – he Patreon. He joined the Patreon to oh, ask me God. the question. So when we get to the Patreon questions, about four minutes. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll respond. Three minutes, actually. We'll respond to oh, it. Three right. more we minutes. Still, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're, you got a full – you're on the full slate tonight. You show like, – you're, we, you're just Thursday. We don't invite anybody else on the show Thursday. It's just you, you and me. We just have fun. The Mike and Ray show. All the other days, you're like behind the scenes, you're doing producing, you're popping up comments, you come in at the end. No, nah, not today, man. You're fucking, you're here. You're here for the long haul. Whole Heck show. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, Jimmy Glass going to, this is Chevy on production, sorry. Uh, Jimmy Glass going to be available after the 49ers lose to the Cowboys. He could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they got to go with Trey Lance, right? Yeah. This, they're, they're stuck. Can I say something, by the way? Yeah. Shoot. I don't think that my wanting the Patriots to draft Trey Lance looks that bad. I think that kid looks so good, and I think he's going to develop so well. And I think that I'm not unhappy with Mac Jones, but I think I think that this worked out for both teams where where they ended up. I'm going to be real for you. Yes, because people don't talk about this enough. The 49ers not drafting him was the catalyst for him falling because it's kind of like, have you guys ever seen the movie draft day? How? Yeah. When Kevin Costner mind fucked everybody. Yeah. That's kind of what it was. It was a mind fuck. So it actually like it, it worked out in our favor quite a bit, but I'll let, I'll let you keep going. Yeah, no, but people look at Trey Lance as a project, right? Mm-hmm. I think he could have started this year. I really do. He would have went through some rookie stuff, but he would have been better than Trevor Lawrence. He would have been better than Zach Wilson. Um, he pro- could have been better than Mac Jones, to be real, to be to be honest with you. He could have been the one that was the best starting rookie quarterback of, of the season. Uh, he looks so good. I think that both players are in the right places and the right systems for them. I but uh, I got a lot of hate for wanting Trey Lance, right? Like a lot of hate. And uh, I, I love the kid. I think he's so good. Yeah, well, I you know I was kind of on that bandwagon though too because we we originally thought Trey Lance was we thought the the positions were going to be mixed right we thought Mac Jones is going to go third now we thought Trey Lance could fall all the way down to us and if we don't have to give much to get him then, then uh, well and I was pre- I was prepared to trade up for Trey Lance like number ten yes however I thought that Cam Newton was going to play this year Trey Lance is going to play behind Cam Newton learn how to be that mobile quarterback behind Cam and then take over the offense next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just don't know if, if Josh McDaniels uh, would have been able to to do with him. All right, guys, we're going to take a break. You can clear the chat, Mikey. Uh, we're going to take a break here. You're going to hear from my sponsors over at Ultra Game Member. Go over there. Get your fully licensed NFL and NBA gear. Second largest licensed NFL store on Amazon. And when we return, we will answer the Patreon questions. Hey. Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. Final half an hour. Done an hour and a half, half an hour. Remember, Monday through Friday, two hours of football talk and shenanigans. 
always have my boy Mike N here at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Even though it's Thursday, we had him since 7.10. You can find Mike over on Twitter at MN underscore off topic. You can find me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Hey, follow the show on Twitter. Mike's going to be running it soon at talking with Ray. That's T-A-L-K-I-N with Ray. Uh, because talking football with Ray was too long. Twitter wouldn't let me make it my handle. Talking with Ray on Twitter. Uh, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure if you're on the audio podcast, you subscribe. Hit those little stars. Hit those likes. Tell the world you love us. Helps us with the analytics. If you're somebody who hasn't hit the like button yet, please just hit it because it real it'll help push the show out to the rest of the market. There's 29 people watching right now. Just hit the like button. Hit the dislike button. Hit some button just interact with us in some way because it tells youtube hey people want to watch this show and it gets out there but ladies and gentlemen one thing that also happens is i have a patreon page and you can become a patreon loyalty club member by going to www.patreon.com slash dpn sports link is also in the description and over on the patreon page you every day i drop the link from 7 10 till 7 30 you are able to join me on the screen, nobody did it this week but Mike. Mike got a permanent position here because he just showed up as a Patreon member. And every Friday, we have a Patreon hangout. That's the podcast every Friday, 7 or seven ten p.m. till 9 p.m. The boys are with me. We want to add some girls. Want to hear their, their opinion on football. Come check us out. The other, uh, the other th- perk that you get is you get to drop a question or comment every week that's guaranteed to be answered on the podcast, and we're getting to that right now. And we're going to start with this comment right here. It comes from Gawky Colts fan, and he joined the Patreon just to make sure I could answer this question. And he says, I came on here to say that Flores over Reich right now, but Ursay won't because how dare he hurt Reich's feelings. Miss me with that BS hashtag for the shoe above all all things uh mike i'll start with you i don't necessarily have to say brian flores to the colts but i don't think that i can blame indianapolis colts fans right now for sort of holding in some of this hostility and rage that they're feeling at this moment am i correct yeah i can't i can't blame them i don't think they i don't think even you know some of us outsiders who kind of hang out with those guys expected the Colts to be eliminated this weekend. It was in, it wasn't even in my stratosphere of thinking. So yeah, I, I get why they're upset. I get reactions like this. Yeah. I think even like I, so he tweeted at me today as well. And I was like, Hey man, I will, I'll answer it tonight. But you know, mm-hmm. Lawrence, what's your thoughts on this? And Lawrence was like, I'm not there yet, but I'm not going to slag on any Colts fan who's mad right now. So I think there's still a lot of hot. I mean, Lawrence was still hot on Tuesday. Yep. Um, by his response today, tells me he's still not over that loss. We're now, what, four days removed? Uh, now, I am somebody who I don't harbor on things. You know that. I don't harbor on wins or losses. I'm usually over it the next day. Like, it is yep. what it is type of thing for me. But... Uh, I'm seeing a lot of very upset Colts fans. Uh, I'm going to actually make uh, a comparison to Super Bowl 52. Like Patriots fans held a lot of hostility towards Bill Belichick during Super Bowl 52. And I'm starting to see that now amongst the Patriots fan base. Agree? Disagree? Yeah. Or amongst the Colts fan base. The Colts fan base. base. I I, I knew what you meant. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I, I. 
and again, I, I kind of hung out with these guys, guys last night and, you know, they're, they're vocal. They were talking about it. We were discussing it. So Thomas says, do you think the bills uh, can cope with the bad weather or will it be a decisive factor? So it's going to be cold in Buffalo, as we all know. Um, what we know about the first game that the Patriots and the Bills played was the weather did play a factor. However, it was wind, not cold. Um, there's a little bit of a, I don't want to say the book is out, but there's a little bit of a talking point by a lot of people, Bills fans, mainstream media, all that type of thing, that Josh Allen is not a bad weather quarterback, which is obviously going to be concerning if you're the starting quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, trust me, being just down the road, the battle of the QEW, as some people like to call it, it's um, it gets cold in these this neck of the woods. It was minus 24 degrees Celsius this week, minus Ooh. 30 with the wind chill, which I think is the equivalent of like three degrees, two degrees, one degree Fahrenheit. So I got to do the math. It was cold this week, though. And it's uh... Toronto. Minus 30 Celsius is minus 22 Fahrenheit. Minus 22 Fahrenheit. So it was minus 30 with the wind chill. That's what we had in the Toronto area. And uh, Buffalo gets a little bit windier and a little bit colder than that. So it gets cold down in this way. Do you think that the, but do you think that the cold is going to play a factor? And yes, McChicken, it, it gets cold in Buffalo. You are correct. <laughs> I don't think the cold is going to play as much of a factor as the wind did last time. Listen, there was some balls missed, especially that one to Stefan Diggs that kind of sailed on him a little bit because of the wind. Um, the Patriots got lucky with some of that stuff last time because of the wind. We we're not going to get that again. The no, defense I... has to has to be on it. It's, it's a game, and they're already going to be shorthanded. So that's one of the things, and I'm one of the reasons I think you and I agree that this is going to be a tough game for them. It's going to be a tough game for them there's no if ands or buts about it but i don't think the cold is going to affect these guys no and these are two cold weather teams let's not forget like both right. teams deal with the cold weather on a consistent basis so mm -hmm. uh matthew pearson says what version of mac will we see the last four weeks version or the version that makes people like mario very uncomfortable i don't know so, so i i talked about this the other night Jamar Chase is my offensive rookie of the year because of the inconsistency by Mac Jones. I think Jamar Chase has been more consistent. And I think when you talk about awards like the MVPs, offensive player of the years, rookies, that kind of thing, consistency is a big piece. And I didn't see that consistency in Mac Jones this year. I don't know when Mac Jones is going to show up. I'm willing to say that outside of Jacksonville, Mac Jones didn't wake up till the fourth quarter against the Colts, against the Bills, and against Miami. He had three bad quarters, and I think teams stopped pressuring him. The Patriots need to win the turnover game. I think that's going to be more indicative to this game than Mac Jones. What version of Jones shows up is going to be how effective the run game is. The more effective the run game is, the better the offensive line is, the better Mac Jones will look. If this turns into a game, and, and the defense needs to stop scores, and the Patriots offense can't turn over the football. If the Patriots fall behind, whether it be because of the defense or it be because of poor offense, if the Patriots fall behind and the game's got to go on Mac Jones' shoulder, I think the Patriots could be in trouble very quickly. Yeah, I, I I totally agree with this. In fact, I think 
expectation should really be inverted here in a way kind of to your point is I think the defense needs to be suffocating for them to win. And I think there needs to be less on max plate. And now again, I keep using the Browns or the chargers as an analogy. It really needs to be more of a chargers s game. The Patriots need to take the football away, but that Patriots offense just needs to click. It just needs to keep going just enough with the Patriots taking the football away to stop the bills. That that's the formula is Patriots take the ball away. The offense moves the ball down the field. And Matthew Judon needs to get to the quarterback. It's teams have figured out how to have slow him down the last couple of games. And when he's rushing, he needs to find a way to, to touch, just touch Josh down. Doesn't have to be a sack. Just touch him. We saw, I mean, we saw Josh Uche last week to get some pressure and listen, I know it's Jacksonville, but he's kind of been doghouse this year or disappeared. It would be good. I, I would just love to see both of them out there and what they could do more, more consistently. Um, Thomas says that Greg Rosenthal believes that Stevenson and Bourne are the guys that will bring us the win, meaning the New England Patriots. Thoughts on that? It's tough to argue that, to be honest with you. I think we know who the impact players are on the Patriots. It's Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, right? That's sort of the two receiver, tight end, Hunter Henry. Those are sort of the three impact players. And, of course, Mac Jones. Then you kind of got that second tier, which is Ramondre Stevenson and Kendrick Bourne. When those two players have been able to take over a game, which they've both done this year, when they've been able to take over a game, it brings up a completely different dynamic to the Patriots, especially if the other guys are still playing. One thing that I say the Buffalo Bills didn't see was a completely healthy Ramondre Stevenson and Harris in the fact, I mean, where they can actually tandem them the entire game. Damian Harris left with a hamstring injury against the Bills, and I believe Ramondre Stevenson was out for the Bills' second game uh, against, or the Patriots' second game against the Bills. So they're going to see both running backs out there. Kendrick Bourne, they need to start doing some end arounds. They haven't done it in a while. A part of me wonders if they've been purposely not doing it and and kind of hiding it a little bit, making lolling people, making them forget about it so that they can pull out some of that stuff. Um, I'm going to make a prediction right now. You want a hot take, Mikey? You want like a super, super hot take? Do it. We're going to see a double pass on Saturday. The Patriots are going to call a double pass. Oh, yeah. They haven't since, what, week six against the Jets, I believe. So, yeah, we'll we'll see it. We'll see it. Especially uh, for anybody who just heard that, Ray's mic just decided to fall off the table. So he is fixing that currently. Um, yeah, I think we're... I think we're going to see the double pass if they uh, get behind at all. In fact, even if they don't get behind, I think they may just use it probably once early, probably to take a big chunk play, see if they can see if they can get a blown coverage and just go in for an easy score. And then see, that's the thing. Once they get, if they get ahead, once they get room to play, their defense can play differently. The offense can play differently, and the Patriots haven't played ahead in weeks. So no, yeah, no, I agree with you 110. percent uh, My apologies to everybody there. That just the thing popped right out of the right out of the stand. <laughs> was it loud? It was kind of loud. Not bad, but kind of loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alex Tanea cool. says. What team has injuries affected the most this season? 
I'm going to sit here and say that injuries hasn't affected anybody, the Bills or the Patriots. I know that they've lost Tredavious White, but they have moved on without them. The Patriots didn't have Stephon Gilmore. They moved on without him. Uh, the Patriots have had guys cycle in and out of the IR, but they've kind of moved forward. I don't. I Trent Brown, I guess, affected them a little bit, but I I think Trent Brown was big. I think Trent Brown was big for them. But that has line. nothing to do with the last five games of the season. Do you know what I mean? Just, did he just say injuries though? And did he mean all teams in general? No, I think he meant between the Bills and the Patriots. But what I'm oh, getting to okay. is when we're talking about what who was affected the most, I want to go into these last five games of the season, right? Because yeah. let's not forget. The Patriots went into Saturday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts, tied for the first seed in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They lose. They become what the second seed at that point, uh, then second or third. When they, they were never lost the, the Colts, I think they were the third seed. I think they dropped from the first to the third okay. seed. So no, they were the third seed because they were ahead of Tennessee. Because they had the tiebreaker. Oh, at that Tennessee. point they were. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So second seed. Then they lost to Buffalo. They dropped from the number two seed in the NFL to number six. Mm-hmm. Then they beat Jacksonville. Yep. Pop. And then they up. lose to Miami, which that didn't matter. Right. But in the two biggest games of the season injury was not an issue for the in fact they played the buffalo bills without tredavious white in gillette stadium yes ramondre stevenson wasn't there however so i i think you got to wash on either side so i don't think it's affected anybody mcchicken vlogs asking who throws a double pass people want to say jacoby myers i think it's going to be kendrick Bourne who throws a double pass yeah, because I think Myers, people are going to expect Myers to throw it. I think I think it's going to be a repeat of that. Yeah, the born to, I'm not even going to say born to Myers. It could even be born to Aguilar, like something you just don't expect. I would go play action double pass. Yeah. Can you do that? You can do that, right? Can you do flea, can you do flea flicker? Can you do a flea flicker? And then a, and then a double pass. I don't know if I want to see them do a flea flicker the last. No, their times. fucking flea flickers have been awful this year, eh? Yeah, awful. I don't, they had some early that were like okay, and then they slowly devolved into like Brandon Bolden already being up somebody's butt, and then like throwing the ball back way too late. Yeah, no, it's been brutal. All right, that's it for the uh, Patreon comments for the night. Sorry, I'm so scared my freaking mic is gonna fall now. <laughs> Uh, we got 15 minutes. You want to pull up some, some more chats? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Chevy on says drop them trick plays, man. Yeah. I think we could see another yep. type of trick play in there for sure. Some kind of double reverse or something crazy. I think that Josh McDaniels is going to empty the bag this game. I really do. Yeah. I think we're going to see, we're going to see things we already saw this year. We're going to see things we haven't saw this year. I, I think, that's why I said I think we're going to see the double pass. I, I think that I noticed last year is when I really noticed it. When the Patriots got to that point of the season where like they were in must-win games, like week five. No, but when they were in must-win games, mm. they got very tricky. 
Yes. Very, very sneaky. And the Patriots offense has failed to really start hot. Again, minus Jacksonville. Like, if I'm the Buffalo Bills and I win the toss, I'm deferring. Because, Buff, like, the Patriots have gone, like, three and out all the time. If I'm McDaniels, I'm calling, like, I'm calling trick plays off, like, the opening snap. I got, like, double reverses off the opening snap. I'm, I'm just... I'm shaking up the Buffalo Bills. You know what I think about that Baltimore Ravens game back in 14 when they had like Shane Vereen report as ineligible yeah. and that kind of stuff. Like they need yeah. to pull out stuff like that this game and just yeah. rattle Buffalo. Yeah, that that's a good point too. It wouldn't surprise and not that this is so much of a trick play, but you have uh you know Mike on Wienu line up as like an eligible because he's been practicing at tight end, so have him line up as eligible and you know, you'll see stuff like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. Well, I mean, Mike Onwinu has been. Right. But they, Although haven't, that... they haven't used it because they've been using him as the extra tight end, right? Which is actually like the extra tackle. But yeah, no, I, I want to see I want to see some crazy stuff. That brings up a, a question for me, and we'll get to Mike's question here in a second. But I just thought of this. Isaiah Wynn may not play. Okay, so mm-hmm. Mike on Wienu's, you know, that that scenario may not happen. Mm-hmm. Could this be the last time we see Isaiah win in a Patriots uniform? No, they uh, they optioned his fifth, his fifth year. I, I know, but do you think he's been so bad they may just trade him and try to, like, unload some of that? His salary's like $5 million. No, I don't think anybody's going to take him. You don't think so for a starting for- left tackle? A starting left tackle who's been inconsistent at best, who's got major injury problems, has a five million dollar cap hit. That's only good. That's going to be a free agent in one year. No. Okay, I just wanted to see because I really don't want him on the team next year. I don't. I really don't see it coming. I think that Belichick is going to regret um, picking up that option, picking up his fifth year option. I think they're going to have to move around quite a bit of money to make up for that too. Like they're going to. I end up- do as well. I think they're going to lose somebody because of it. So they're going to lose a valuable depth piece because they got to pay Isaiah Wynn. Yeah, it's it's going to be ugly. I just want to point out though that Isaiah Wynn has not been bad outside of this season. He's just been hurt. He could bounce back. This could just be a bad season for him. I don't remember a couple of years ago, Shaq Mason had a brutal year, a brutal yeah. year, and he bounced yeah. back the next year. And I think he was like the top. Him and Tooney were number one and two for like the top rated guards in the NFL. Yeah, Shaq Mason's actually had a couple seasons like that where he's been like up and down, up and down. Play he'll play at like subpar and then elite levels the next year, probably because he'll realize he did crappy and then come come back the next year with some sense of entitlement and start that cycle all over again. Yeah, so there's a very real possibility that Isaiah Wynn looks okay next year. So I'm not really ready to, because outside of this year, he's been fine. He's just been hurt. Like we could never right. trust Isaiah Wynn because he could never stay on the field. This year, for the most part, he stayed on the field. I think he did a, did do a stint on the IR, didn't he? Which I was like shocking. Isaiah Wynn did a stint uh, on the IR. It, it, it might have been short. It might have been very short, like two or three games. Three. Well, it's got to be a minimum of three if you're on yeah. the IR. So Or the RI, depending on how you feel, how you feel <laughs> that day for me. But uh, RI, by the way, stands for Resource Information Specialist. Somebody's wondering. Uh, <laughs> and it's a position that reports to me at work. That's why I have RI and not IR. I might just keep it. Fuck it. Just yeah. keep it. Yeah. Mike Larry says, it amazes me how much chances Harry gets. Uh, it's as if they feel blocking will get him in a, a receiver's groove to make plays. I. It's funny because I don't understand it either. 
I don't understand what Bill Belichick's infatuation with him is. Or let me ask you, Mike, is this Josh McDaniel's infatuation? Does he need him as a part of the run game? Because at the end of the day, it's got to fit into Josh McDaniel's offensive game plan. Hmm. I think it's more of the latter. I think, honestly, it's. I think they need him in that run game. I think the offensive line has been so uh, inconsistent that just having that extra big body in there to block. Well, let me let me. Them. Well, and anyway, I mean, there's those plays this year where he just like laid out Miles Garrett, right? Like yeah. laid him out. So let me let me throw this on the table. If Devin Asiasi isn't the disappointment that he turned into, is Nick, does Nikhil Harry have a spot on this team this year? If Asiasi could step in and be that third tight end. So blocking. the reason I think he still has a job. Is even if Asiasi there? Yes, even if okay. Asiasi is there, is because other than Nelson Aguilar, they don't really have any. But, and I'm not saying Nikhil is fast, but they You're don't have You're calling him any, the X receiver, yes. Right, He's the other right. X receiver. He's the it, other X receiver. And it kind of works out because on paper, you want him to be able to get down there a little faster than a tight end and jump up and catch a football that might be out of somebody else's reach. So I have there, an issue. There you go. I have an issue with Nikhil Harry and Nelson Aguilar being our ex-receivers. My, I think it was you who brought up Brandon Cooks a lot this season. And Mm -hmm. I kind of agree with you. I would love to see Brandon Cooks be the X and move Nelson Aguilar to the Y. And never talk about Nikhil Harry again. Yeah, so... I, the more and more I look at Brandon Cooks, because when he was on the Patriots, the reason I I liked him, but I didn't love him was because it seemed like he was always playing for the PI. He wasn't actually trying to catch the football. But we didn't have a true Y receiver though, when he was right. Right. I think uh, Hogan was our Y, right? Right. He's just, he had speed, but not, not Y or X receiver speed. He had quickness, not speed. Right. I think if you had those two in tandem, Like, I think it would be lights out, especially with Jones. You know, I talked about this last night. People act like Mac Jones can't throw the football down the field. It's complete and utter horse crap because. Well, can I stop you there for a second before you defend the down the field? Yeah. Even if Mac Jones couldn't throw downfield. Are you going to if you had Brandon Cooks on one side and Nelson Aguilar on the other? Are you going to put both those guys in single coverage as they streak down the field? Nope. No. Nope. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have safety help on top, both safeties, right? Mm-hmm. What does that do? That's gonna leave receivers one on one against linebackers in the middle of the field. Right. Right, and then you you'll still have the problem of hunt like. You know, you throw a tight end out there potentially. So you throw Hunter Henry out there. So you have all three of those guys out there potentially. Who the hell do you cover? That's, yeah. You know. No, if they got a, a true X, and I, you know what, I think that you could actually, you could intertwine the X and the Y with, with Cooks, even though I think Cooks is a true X receiver, you could intertwine them, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could have them switch back and forth. You would still need a third guy. And I think that's where you could go out and get like a like remember when San Francisco got Michael Crabtree at the end of his career? Yeah, yep. But he was that like depth piece you need. This is when you go find like a 
like a Chad John, like an Ocho Cinco at the end of his career. You know what I mean? Be the third guy. Uh, be the name. I'm trying to think of like names that would be available now. Like, actually, you could be in a situation where it's like Allen Robinson now, and like Brandon Cooks is that third guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, He's coming. To, Cooks is coming to the end of his career. Yeah. What is he? 28, 29 next year? Like something like that. Two, three years from now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I a little, little young. A no- little uh, young. Little uh, young. I mean, this is another name for you since we're going down this road. He's traveled a lot the last couple of years, but if the Patriots upset Buffalo, do we see Emmanuel Sanders in New England next year, maybe? That's the third guy. I think you need another player, though. I think he needs to come in as pure depth. I think that you need to get Gunnar Osheski out of the rotation, and you need to get Nikhil Harry out of the rotation. So I think you bring in a true X receiver or a Y or a true Y, and then you have a true X and a true Y because Jacoby Myers, to me, this is where Jacoby Myers would. Jacoby Myers is going to cost a fortune this year, by the way. Randall Cobb. I was just thinking Randall Cobb is the perfect name as well. Emmanuel Sanders and Randall Cobb. Randall Kendrick Cobb. Bourne is a slot, yeah. right? Kendrick Bourne's a slot receiver. I think he's got a little more. I don't. I don't want to say talent in a like. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, more. but I think I think yeah. I think he's the most dangerous from the slot. I think that's where I would I, I love him playing out of the slot. So you got a true slot receiver in Kendrick Bourne. I don't know if if Jacoby Myers is a Patriot next year, to be real with you. No, you and I have talked about this. Unless he wants to unless he wants to take like Kendrick Bourne or sub Kendrick Kendrick Bourne money, I don't think so because we just won't have the cash. And I don't think he's really performed to where we thought he was going to either. Not that no, he's been I, bad. Not that he's been I, bad. But Thomas Ryan is saying like Chris Godwin. I think if the Patriots are going to spend that kind of money on a receiver, which they're not, but if they were, it would be like a Chris Godwin. But you're right. We could be looking. I think I wouldn't put it past like a Brandon Cooks coming to the Patriots next year. If if he were if they were to make a trade of some sort for Brandon Cooks, yeah, and I mean the the there were the reports out there because I I you know we all followed them because we were waiting for the 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 trade like we do always for a wide receiver that the Patriots reached out and they made a made a, a serious call even though they heard he wasn't available and the the Texans kind of listened so yeah and the Texans could come back and listen again right. so it's not I, I absolutely believe that. Um, I mean, the first time that Belichick traded for him, it was beautiful. Rented him for a year, got a better pick than they gave up for him the next year. Brought him to a Super Bowl, helped him get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, snap times. Jacoby Myers has been Mac Jones' favorite target. He will definitely be on the team next year. That really doesn't matter, to be real with you. It doesn't matter. Deion Branch was Tom Brady's favorite target, and Belichick traded him to the Seattle Seahawks. So it, it's... Uh, that it, uh, Mike, I'll give you last word. We got one minute. Um, I don't think it matters at all. No, I don't think it matters. Honestly, I like I like Jacoby Myers. I, I borderline love him. I think if he was a little more productive, like we thought he was going to be this year, I would say I love him. But listen, one of the reasons we like Jacoby Myers so much is because I think there's been nobody else there. Kendrick Bourne it can be just as productive. Hunter Henry could become Max' favorite target next year easily. You know, it's if he's not already technically. I'm already going to say that Bourne is one of his favorite targets as well. Oh, his passer rating to Bourne. I saw some like stat the other other day. It's like it's through insan- the roof. It's insanity. Insanity. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he targets him a lot too. I don't think yeah. people understand how often he targets Kendrick Bourne. I don't think people actually, because Bourne does it in these like in these chunks, how much he's actually impacted the Patriots this year. No, Kendrick Kendrick Bourne, when he gets the ball in his hands, listen, like there, there's probably Eight a highlight seconds. reel somewhere where the yards after catch and how he's been fighting for stuff is just phenomenal. Kendrick Bourne, oh. great guy. All right, Mikey, thank you so much, buddy, for coming on tonight, guys. You can find my boy over at MN underscore off topic. Mikey will be back tomorrow for the Patreon hangout. Don't forget all the Patreon hangouts. Mikey, thanks, pal. Good night, everybody. Guys, make sure that you go check out my Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. You're going to see tomorrow night, there's going to be like eight, nine, ten guys just hanging out, shooting the shit, talking football, everybody together. Hey, thanks for, uh, it's only five bucks a month, too. You get the comments and questions at the end of every podcast, man. A little bit of different interactions, direct DMs to me. I respond to all those DMs. Uh, just a little bit more contact with me. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to Talking Football with Ray. I appreciate all of you, man. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. If you haven't already, man, hit that like button. Subscribe. All that kind of stuff. We're here Monday to Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time till 9 p.m. Eastern time. Hit the little notification bell. Uh, love you all. Take care. And remember, you're all legit, kid. Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.